listening to the Blood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. If you're Metal Mike, Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. Well, all right, welcome to another episode of the Plug Podcast. Music and more, I am your host, Bushy, and with me as always, my brother from another mother, Metal Mike, how you doing? All right, all right, all right, how you doing, Bushy? Man, I'm doing great. Actually, I've been better, and I'm just going to come out and say it, because by the time this gets released, everybody's going to know, I got the cun flu. Oh, shit. Yeah, I got, but I'm all right, man. I mean, it's it's so far, honestly, it's just like having a summer cold. Only I get a little achy from time to time. I haven't had a fever yet, so I think maybe having the vaccination helped, you right. know, some. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, uh, I fought it as long as I could because honestly, my my cohort in the Metal Mike show, uh, my partner in crime, Bildo, aka Bill Roseberry, and and we're roommates. See, I live with this fucker, so. I knew it was just a matter of time. Like when we came, he kind of took, he came down with it right as we came back from Rock and Pod. Right. And I got tested the following day and it came back negative. But I got tested positive this Friday and it was Friday night, Saturday. It was really Saturday I started having symptoms, you know. So I'm like, oh, well, fuck, here we go. Um, but uh, 14 days, good news is, is because I had my vaccination, I'm getting that paid time off. So can't complain about that, man. You know. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, plus. Uh, man, I've got. I've oh, got yeah, dude. Nothing. I was scared. I, Bushy, I was scared. I was scared to death, man, because I can't. Like all of us, I can't. Like you, I'm sure, and all, everybody else who works for a living, I can't afford to be missing no 14 days of pay now. No, you know? hell no. On that. So I'm like. Yeah, I was very much like, woohoo, you know. <laughs> so uh, anyway, enough about my sick ass. And, and I, I still think that, you know, I think I still consider myself metal, though, because I didn't get sick when everybody else got sick at the Rock and Pod. So I didn't get sick till now. And I think it's just because, like I said, I live with Bill. So even though we practice social distancing and mask, I, I keep telling everybody, the mask, the only mask that stops that shit's the N95 mask. And those are expensive as fuck, and they only last for so long anyway. Right. These, these paper fucking cloth masks, they got, it, it don't fucking stop shit. Yeah, I said it. Well, I've been saying forever. I mean, here's the thing about a mask. It might be good for about 30 minutes, but after that, all the condensation from your hot-ass 98.6-degree mouth has soaked the fuck out of it, and that is conducive to things getting in. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you caught the Rona. Uh, I am unscathed. Um, Which is awesome. I, I hope know that yeah. these numbers don't fly as we hear from our other podcasting friends and family that uh everyone else is okay um i do know of a few that are sick i know of some that are not and others i just flat out haven't heard from so uh, we're definitely going to send our well wishes out to everybody hell yeah yeah but yeah, part yeah, of totally. me wonders man part of me wonders look it's summertime we're getting together the mandates are gone isn't it just possible, just possible that the reason these numbers are spiking is because we're getting together? 
Yeah, I think that's it. And I think it's just, well, it just kind of cracks me because some people are treating this this vaccination like as if it's a cure. It's not, guys. This isn't like the polo vaccination from years ago. This is different. This is kind of like, in my opinion, it's going to end up just like the flu where you're going to have different strains, man. And and with with the flu shot or the vaccination, how many times do you hear somebody, oh, I got the flu shot, and uh, I got sick anyway? Well, that's because they try to predict which strain of the flu is going to be prevalent for that season. And sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're fucking wrong. And when they're wrong, that's why you end up getting the flu anyway. Well, that's that's and one I, reason. The other reason is people go and get their flu shot, but the flu is like a lot of these other viruses, much like COVID. It can have an incubation period of like 14 days. Yep. You know, so you can get the flu shot. Well, I, got, I was sick three days later. And it's like, well, bitch, that's because you already had the flu. Yep. You just weren't exhibiting symptoms is all that is. Or or you got a different strain than, than the one that they vaccinated. Right. Well, that's either, what I'm saying. Either or. It's yeah, either two. or. And, and it's like with us even, like, you know, some people go, oh, well, you guys, you got dated to rock and pot. Fuck, for all we know, we got it a week ago from somebody at work. Who fucking knows? Right. And, you know, so. Yeah, I, I, I really hope none of this comes down negatively, negatively on, on, on the event. No, and I and I hope that I'm still worried though that because you know I've got some concerts and some events I'm going to this year and I'm a little nervous like fuck are they going to shut everything down again? I mean I was talking to our good friend Doctor Fuck aka Ralph Vieira the other day and he was even like it don't look good Mikey and I'm like no it don't dude it don't so uh, yeah that's you know. funny I was actually having that same conversation with him today he's got all these concert oh. tickets and I told him I said dude I've got Steel Panther and uh, Zach Wild coming to Asheville, which is about a 45-minute drive from here. I've got John 5 and Drowning Now, is that Pool. Steel Panther and Zach Wild together? No, separate shows. Oh. And like Who's John... opening for Zach? No idea. Oh, okay. It's at a small club. I don't even know if there'll be an opening group. Okay, because I'm going, I'm going to see Zach, but, but go ahead, go ahead. Oh, and then uh, in Johnson City, we have John 5 performing. We have uh, Drowning Pool coming up. And it's in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee is maybe an hour from here. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just one of those, I don't know. So I haven't even spent the money. I haven't even spent the money. I haven't tried to roll the dice to see if I can get up there. So, you know what? It's coming. Every, every Everything I see in the news, it's coming. They're going to lock this shit the fuck down one more time. And, and Metal Mike, let me go on the record of saying this. I worked all through this fucking pandemic. Me too. And I think we got fucked. We did. You know, because all these, because there's people still living on unemployment. And and here's my question. If somebody that was making $250, $300 a week, and yes, that's not a livable wage. I'm not into that argument right now. If they're making $250, $300 a week, but now they're making eight, $900 a week. Why the fuck would they go back to work? And point right. number two. Why the hell do we have moratoriums on evictions? Because if I was making $900 a week, rent would not be a fucking issue ever. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I that, don't know. That, that's There's, my political uh, question for the day. That's a good one. That's a good one, though. Because I think some of the shit the CDC is pulling is totally unconstitutional and fucked up. But, but be that as it may, I mean, it's just, for me... 
yeah, it's just weird. Like I, I find it ironic that I finally caught this thing. You realize how much realize how much I've been exposed to this shit, dude. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, I wore protective equipment, but that's not a hundred percent effective all the time. Right. So it's like, no, I, I, I get it now. You know, not you know, but I'm not complaining. I mean, hey, it, it seems like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to live. Let's just—I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, but pretty sure I'm going to be okay. Um, you know, you know, who knows though? You know, you don't well, want to tempt fate too much, but uh, no, but, all the studies yeah. have shown that people that have the vaccinations, you know, both doses, get mild symptoms at best to no symptoms whatsoever. So right. Right. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I hope they don't shut everything down, man, because I, I just don't even know how effective that shit really is. I mean, people are going to catch this shit you know, you can't keep everybody in a fucking bubble for fucking ever. You well, can't. I mean, well, I'm sorry. My unpopular metal opinion. Uh Oh, let us fucking loose. Much like when we were kids and you found out, you know, your parents found out the neighbor's kids had chicken pox. What the fuck did they do? They didn't sequester you. They sent your ass over to that kid's house so that you can get the chicken pox. Get us all to fucking gather. Okay, get us all together. Let us get it. Because if nothing else, maybe by default... We can wipe it out because it has nowhere else to go because everybody fucking has it. And after it runs its course, it's gone. That's the way I look at it. You know, unpopular metal opinion. Now, people will say, yes, but, you know, grandma and grandpa are going to be gone. Let me tell you why that argument pisses me off. The same people that are preaching that fucking argument are the same ones that have no problem scraping a baby out of a fucking uterus that hasn't even had a chance to live. Grandma and grandpa, they're 80 years old. Does it suck they have to go that way? Of course it does. We never want anyone to die, but that is called the circle of life, people. And you know what? You can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. (laughs) Well, here's my take on that, too. It's like my nephew, Kane, you know, he says, something's going to get you. It's just a matter of time. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, or how you try to live or what you do. You know, you're going to die. I mean, I'm not saying like, hey, let's just rush off blindly into death, but, but at the same time, I and, and this is a nurse talking, by the way, folks. So, well, yeah, you know, and I was I'm sure there's probably some people that are going to be listening. Hey, they got well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and the other thing that pissed me off is how they just politicize this shit. Where, like I said, they treat the vaccination like it's a cure, right. and you'll have like, personally, this is my personal opinion. I'm not judging anybody. It's your personal. Um, Choice. It's your business. It's yeah. your choice, you know, and I'm not going to judge you for it. Not at all. I know some people are iffy about vaccinations, and I get that, you know, so it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to fucking finger wave at people because I just don't do that shit, you know. I don't, I don't, I might have metal mic meltdowns, but I don't get on my fucking soapbox, you know. I don't well, preach to people. Well, you know, you know what, that's that's my whole thing is I don't care. If you want to wear, wear a mask, fine. If you don't. Fine. If you want the shot, fine. If you don't, fine. Guess what? Either way, no matter which side of that fence you sit on, I'll still hang out with you because I have a pretty good immune system. Now I yes. did, you know, I did get the Fauci algae. <laughs> you know, I did, but I only did it because I wanted to go to Rock and Pod. 
It was the only reason. I did it because I'm a nurse, and they kind of like, they don't make you do it, but they strongly encourage, and I want to work, man. I have to work, and I've had vaccinations before. I'm not like, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, and, and I had no side effects from it whatsoever. Right, neither you know? did I. I wonder because, so, you know, when I joined the Army, they fucking injected me with everything when I deployed. Oh, yeah. They gave us the Gamma Goblin shot, which is about as fucking thick as peanut butter. I've had the plague shot. I've had yellow fever shot. I've had the hepatitis C or hepatitis B fucking uh, three series vaccination at least six or eight times in my seven years in the Army because I couldn't keep track of my damn shot records. You know, so whatever. Some people don't want the shot. Well, it's not FDA approved. I will tell you, I think that's a weak argument, and here's why. All the stuff the FDA approves causes cancer. Have you seen all this shit they approve? It's okay, but the list of side effects is just ridiculous. However, I get it. It's your right to choose, and I'm not going to ostracize you. I'm not going to not hang out in your vicinity. Just because you chose not to get the shot? No, it's fucking America. You're allowed to make that choice. But the whole politicizing of it, where they're trying to... It's like the racial divide didn't work well enough. They tried that so hard. That's not working well enough. So so, so now they switched. Okay, the black-white thing's not working. We can't get them to hate each other that way. Oh, but let's go ahead and do this vaccination thing. Because you have people like D. Snyder talking mad shit to people that refuse to wear a mask or refuse to get the shot. Basically calling them less than fucking human beings. And D, I love you, man. But guess what, monkey? Dance. Sing. I don't give a fuck what you think. Because you still got sick too, motherfucker. I'm so sick of these celebrities. Even people that I love dearly as celebrities. Thinking they could preach and tell everybody what to do. Like you're so much better. D, you're not a college graduate. You're a fucking singer and a rock and roll band, brother. Shut what they call the fuck up. Let people make their oh, own decision. Right. Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, whose father was a brown shirt during the Nazi regime, going to come over here and say, fuck your freedoms? Uh, Arnie, bitch boy, Terminator, you're living in the fucking freest country in the fucking world. Are you going to tell me fuck my freedoms? Suck my dick. Uh, did we just have All a, right. We just had a bushy meltdown. <laughs> you, you totally did. I was just gonna say, man. Like we just had a big bushy beat down. Like you, oh. beat, you firmly beat them down, dude. But I agree with you. Oh, fuck. Now, folks, I want you to know none of this was planned, man. We just went off on a fucking tangent, man. I know. Right? I, I, I can't, I can't top that bushy. I mean, goddamn, that rivals any metal mic meltdown. So way to go, dude. Oh well, thank you. I'm glad I could uh, contribute something to this finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh come on it's your, it's your podcast oh I stop just, it's our show I just well it may be our show but you know it's it's you're the founder it's kind of like scott green with that metal station he's the founder i'm just the guardian just carrying you know just you know protecting the station so to speak with, I with the podcast so i'm just I'm, I'm your co-host bro you know yeah yeah, yeah. all it, right so it, it couldn't be done without you but well, thank you Oh, absolutely. Very welcome. Very welcome. That's a stone cold fact. I've seen the numbers. So here we are. Um, last week, we did our Rock and Pod recap. 
we let you listen to a little Mike Dawson and the Smoking Kills. You heard a little Abby Kane. You heard our interview with uh, Don Jameson. and I apologize for the audio. Dude, it was so fucking loud in that room. Oh, it was. It was, man. I was not. I mean, like I said, it almost makes me wish in a way I had brought my soundboard and all that. But I just didn't. I didn't want to fuck with it, man. And, and I'm thinking next year, like, I'm going to try to get that device. That I, I told Verno, dude, where did you get that? I want one of those, man, because I think it came in. His shit came in really these directional mics. And it was like. And it was this little device. It was like a box, and it recorded it, and and, and the audio sounded great. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you we'll didn't hear getting... any background noise. Not really. I mean, you obviously did because it's still a loud event, but it wasn't like like that Don James interview. And I noise reduce it as much as I could. And the um, yeah. the interviews you're going to hear in this episode because we're going to give you three interviews this week. Uh, it, it's it's kind of the same thing, man. I mean, it's it's difficult to hear, and we apologize for that. But, dude, this year, the, the Rock and Pod podcaster area, it was set up a little different. And uh, we were all kind of in this, uh, you know, smaller room because uh, there wasn't room in the main ballroom for all of us podcasters because, man, there was a lot this year. Yeah, I, and sure. I want to say something, and this is no slight to Mr. Chris Sinzak, because without him, we wouldn't be doing any of this. So, you know, kudos. But I got to be honest with you, I didn't like the way the hotel had it set up at all. I didn't like it. I mean, it was like way too congested, way too hot. And then, like you said, the background noise. But it is what it, it was, what it was. It is what it is. And, and I said, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining or that I'm, 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 I'm ungrateful, because I'm not, you know. Right, no, Chris is the man, was, and I know he did the very best he could under the circumstances. It, it was a great event, and I remember him briefly talking with me about uh, not being able to do it at the Marriott again. And the Marriott was a great location with the ballroom. We were able to do the pre-party concert right there because the, the conference room, well, I guess it wasn't a conference room, maybe more of a ballroom, that they held the event in, had its own stage. It was big enough to accommodate everything. Plus, I had a couple of smaller rooms, you know, for the education tracks and, you know, for the the panels that, you know, maybe couldn't be out in public like, you know, Ralph and Ian and the Rock and Metal Combat podcast because they tend to piss people off. <laughs> Which I love. But I, uh, I don't know what the reasoning was. I remember we had talked about it very briefly. He had kind of given me the 420 on it. But, you know, so this is what we had to do. It, it was a great venue. The main ballroom was great i mean the the bar was awesome i mean the the lobby everybody was hanging out in was great and everything ran very smoothly you know with all the volunteers that he had but boy it was just that that room got hot for a minute there it, it did know, it did you know and then, as i said i don't i don't want to sound like i'm complaining or like it wasn't good it wasn't it's not like that no absolutely not because it was the best fucking rocket pod yet yeah, it was it was fantastic, but I you know, but then again, I guess that's on me. Maybe we should have been more prepared with the equipment. I thought that what we brought would have been good enough, but I thought we were going to be more out in the open. I didn't realize, um, you know, and Verno had told me that he kind of surveyed the area the night before, so he was glad that he brought his directional mics because right. he was like, oh, oh boy, oh boy, like he was like, yeah, this is going to be hard. So it should be interesting to see what the other podcasters' shows sound like. Because, like, with ours, man, it, it was like, 
I could just tell. I'm like, man, I don't know if people are going to be able to hear. So all you listeners out there, sorry, we did the best we could. And next year will be better, I promise. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, I get better every year. We get better together. The event gets better every year. And uh, we're going to make some upgrades through this off season, what I call the rough sure. off season, so that when we go next year, we'll we'll be a little better prepared. It you know just in case because I thought the Hilton was a it's a great location. Uh-huh. I, I just wasn't prepared for all the background noise. So uh, and, and hopefully, if they do it again next year, then we will be prepared. You know, uh, regardless. Like I said, I want to get what I want to get those directional mics that. Uh, Verno told me how much they cost, and I'm like, well, I'm saving up for them then, because I want that or something similar to it. It was, it was those things were great, man. Yeah, they absolutely were. Well, let's get into it. We have uh, three interviews we're going to bring to you today. Um, the first of the three is a uh, band that uh, they're an up and comer. They're a newer band, a band called Steel City. Um, I really thought they were a great group of guys. Um, what, what did you think, Mike? Oh, they were really cool, down to earth, uh, just a great sense of humor. Uh, but like I said, and I said it before, and I said it on Verno's podcast when I guessed it on that, the energy, the energy at the Rocket Pod, it was just palpable, you know. And everybody was really uh, super cool. And, and these guys are a good band. They're a really good band. Uh, great musician. You know, just great musicianship, and right up. If you're a fan of that, in my opinion, it sounds more '80s hard rock and metal. I'm sure you'll agree with me, Bush, which right. is right up your alley. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, but uh, I liked them, man. I even played them on the Metal Mike show the other night. Got a good uh, reaction to them from the listeners. So, uh, yeah, man. Without further ado, this is our interview with Steel City. <laughs> All right, once again from the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo, we are here with Steel City, great rock and roll band. We're going to have these guys introduce themselves one by one. I'm Mike Moros, the guitar player. Roy Cathy on vocals. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being here, guys. This is my co-host, Metal Mike. Now, I'm real curious. How long have you been doing it? And is there an album? There's two albums. There's two albums. Yes, sir. Well, Steel City's been together since 2018. With the current lineup, we have two albums. With the current lineup, we have one that's called Mach 2. It came out in March of last year. Mike from Covid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically the premise of the album. Okay. Now you said current lineup. So how did you guys all get together? Well, we we started the new lineup on this Craigslist. Craigslist. What's the other tender grinder? Stumble, rumble, stumble. I don't know. It's a grinder. Outstanding. <laughs> Our former label kind of put it together, and basically they asked, you know, I'm kind of tongue-tied right now for some reason, but our former label put it together, and I just had to make sure that, you know, I knew, I talked to these guys, they were like kind of into doing it, they liked the songs, and one thing led to another. 
Tony, of course, is a whole other thing the last album. Oh, Tony okay. and I were the, we're, the, we're the only ones left over. All right. All right. So, I mean, how did you guys deal with this COVID thing? I mean, I, you're not allowed to tour anymore. Have you been writing? I mean, what was going on there? Well, for me, you know, we were lucky enough to go out to Los Angeles and do a Monsters of Rock live stream, and that was a great experience for us. Uh, you know, basically, we were in the same boat as a lot of musicians, a lot of guys. We did a lot of writing, we did a lot of live stream events. You know, we made the best of it. Uh, but now that the uh, the doors are starting to open up a little bit, I think we've got a whole audience of people that are very excited to uh, have rock and roll back. And, uh, and here we are at Nashville, you know, doing rock and roll. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious, I like to ask bands this especially, you guys take time out of your day to come talk to us on your little podcast, what is your take on podcasts and the music industry in general, I mean, what do you think they do for you as artists? You know, in the day and age of the internet, podcasts have a very vital role in the music scene. Uh, because let's face it, the labels are not pushing music, they're not pushing the right music, right. they're not pushing music for the masses. So what the podcasts have done is they've filled that void, they've filled that gap. Because a lot of times these podcasts are fucking headed up by guys that are fans. They love that music, they love that underground shit. You're hearing the stuff that's underneath the surface of what the major labels and everybody puts out. So podcasts have been very important, you know, and that's why we're here, you know. So don't sell yourself short, you know. You guys play a very vital role because what you're doing is you're helping a band like us that are relatively unknown. We're trying to break out. You're helping us expose our music to an audience that we might never reach. So podcasts play a very vital role. And uh, I expect $20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is the retainer for us to be here. I think we're even. Okay. <laughs> even Steven. Well, as I was going to say, Matt, what he's saying is absolutely right. And as being a co-owner of online radio stations, well, I mean, when I hear people say, oh, rock and metal's dead, I just laugh because we get tons of music submitted to us. I find tons of great bands on Bandcamp. I mean, it might be more... Underground. I don't know, underground or whatever, but it's still very much alive, so it's like... But but isn't that what the good rock and roll always was? It was always underground. So what's fucking happening right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the internet revolution has destroyed all the underground, and it's here. We're not saying all these words are it should be clear Oh, I think it, things are getting better. Like I said, and one of the things I try to do, I mean, we always play the legacy acts at that metal station. That's the radio station, by the way. But we also play a lot of new bands and stuff because it's like, you know, as much as I love a lot of those legacy acts, they're not going to be around forever. I mean, we're all getting older, and it's just a sad fact of life and reality. And it's bands like you, you know, bands that I consider kind of the new wave of traditional hard rock and heavy metal, there's very much keeping that alive. And, and, and like I said, it's not just that. There's, there's a ton of doom metal, stoner metal, it's out there. new wave of thrash metal. It's, I think it's fucking awesome, personally. But anyway, man, I just want to say, uh, I've listened to your second album. I thought it was fucking phenomenal. The musicianship is not not sure. Vocals are out of just way up. It's right up your alley, man. I'm telling you. I know this band's taste of music. Just really, really good stuff, man. So I just wanted to tell you that. 
And thanks for coming on. Yes. What's coming up in the near future for you guys? Well, we've got, like Jason said, we've got the show tomorrow night with Native Sons and Asphalt Valentine at the end here in Nashville. Um, a new album actually is already written. We're talking about this one because Cobra kind of derailed everything. Yeah, they this, what, this is crazy, just when you're sitting at home, bored out of your skulls, what do you guys listen to? Or are you, or are you like Dave Snyder who says, I never listen to music? Oh, I, I listen to all kinds of stuff. Rock, jazz, country, punk music. Nice. Oh, I'm an Elvis fan. Beatles. All kinds of Sweet. Wide varieties I like to listen to. A lot right. of stuff. Uh, pretty much exactly what I listen to. All right. You know, I listen to anything from rap to metal, from rap to jazz. That was fun. You know, it's all influenced. You're a bass player, a keyboard player, too. Yeah. I'm inspired by all kinds of stuff. You know, even just different things, you know, national music. Oh, sweet, sweet. I don't listen to anything, but I, I knew he was gonna say. I, we are, found the elitist. I know. <laughs> I, I, I tend to avoid country and rap, and I, I say that you know a little bit of trepidation seems how I am in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Look out. <laughs> but I do like I do like uh, you know like the California side. Yeah, right. Pop music. I love Bill West. I listen to. Right. I thought I was the only one that knew Go West. Oh, hell no, dude. Peter Cox is one of the badass Thank you. There you go. So, what, what's the question again? I'm just curious when you're on your downtime at home, like Dee Snyder says, I never listen to music because that's his job. So, I'm curious when you're at home chilling out instead of turning on the TV, what is it you listen to? Well, you know, I mean, actually, whenever I, I, I'm, uh, I enjoy cooking, so it's like whenever I'm, like, in the kitchen and stuff, I, I actually enjoy, like, big band stuff, like nice. uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Rat Pack, sure. shit like that, because those guys were fucking gangsters back then. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? I mean, yeah. they're banging fucking showgirls and steam rooms and fucking <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and I'm telling you, man, you, you hear uh, I Gotta Be Me, a version of Sammy Davis Jr., uh, I Gotta Be Me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way the whole, the structure. Okay. I've been around so much time for music, way too much music. 
but I've had a very unique perspective watching uh, uh, the pop culture changes of our society from the, from the uh, DJ. So uh, I'm going to write a book between being a lead singer and a rock band and a script pop DJ. It's going to be interesting. And I want to read that book. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. yeah. It's going to be called A Life, and, uh, a Life Behind the Life. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. You have to. Now, do you guys have social media, all that, like a band social media and such? Social media, full disclosure. Um, I don't think we ever really checked. Yeah. But uh, we're mostly Facebook and Instagram people. We've got our website, of course, www.steelcityband.com. That's uh, where you can find out about all the happenings from Steel City. You can shop on there if you want to. We've got you know, the shop, steelcityband.com as well. Okay. Just click the button. But we're everywhere. We're streaming. Anything and everything you want to find about Steel City, just find it on the website. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Guys, make sure you check this band out. So, last release was 2019. New record's done. You just have to... 2020. Oh, the last record, 2020, right. And then the new record's done. You're just not pushing it yet because you're still trying to promote the last one. Is that what I heard right? Well, the demo work for the new record's done. Okay. Um, these guys have even heard it, which is kind of funny. So it's written, but um, I have to subject them to my lead vocals. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that'll come on the extended release. Hopefully, we'll start working on that either later this year or maybe next year. We really want to give Boston some time to breathe. Yeah, because we didn't really get a chance to. All right, well, we look forward to seeing you guys on the road. We appreciate you stopping in. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anything last to say? Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. Mike, you said I totally thought of all right i hope you enjoyed that and what we're going to do for you now i mean you got to hear a little bit about the band what we're going to do for you now is play a track by steel city this is give it back right here on the plug podcast music aboard with bushy and metal mike
Okay, yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Good choice, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I told you, man, they're a cool band. I really like them, man. You know, and at first I was like, man, these guys, because it's weird with me. It's not that I'm, and we've had this discussion before. It's not that I'm anti-keyboard or synthesizer, because like Ozzy uses synthesizers. Lots sure. of artists do. Made it. And I do and... like them. Yeah, sure. But there's sometimes where, and it's not so much the synthesizer, it's how they mix the record, where I'm like, man, synthesizer's awfully hot. I don't like the keyboards when it drowns out the rest of the music, you know. Um, that's just me, though. You right. know, some people love that stuff anyway. And But, man, th- that Mike Florio, man, that guy can fucking play the guitar. He's fucking amazing. The vocalist is fucking on a whole other level. And, and I'm... I, it, it doesn't just remind me of like 80s heavy metal, but vocally, especially, I hear a bit of power metal in there too, you know? So I, I really dig them. I think it's cool. And, you know, uh, good band, good guys. And, and I'm going to keep playing them on the Metal Mike show and, you know, submit it to that, uh, the, to the auto DJ or the DJ that never sleeps at that metal station. So definitely cool bunch of guys. And I hope I see them again next year, man. That would be cool. Hell yeah. Because, uh, I mean, we ran into eight ball. And I know you weren't there the last time, but 8-Ball actually performed at the pre-party. And I became a fan of them right away. They were there giving away t-shirts, giving away all three CDs. You know, that was that was real cool. They were just out there. They were just out there networking. That's cool. And, you know, I, I do want to listen to those guys. I, I want to check them out, man, because you've been really, really bragging on them a lot. And uh, I wanted to go over there and get some free CDs, man, but I just kept forgetting to do it you know and then by the time i realized oh shit it was too late you know yeah well that, that's the other thing about rocket pot it's so fucking busy <laughs> oh my god dude there's so much to do and you got people coming at you because you got not only do you have your interviews that are scheduled that you did through the lottery but you have people coming to you for interviews and not only that i just had not to brag but i had so many people hey can i have a picture with you can, can you know hey you know this that metal mic you know oh, okay cool and you know, it was, it, which again, I'm not complaining at all, man. I'm honored that anybody would want a photo or for me to sign anything or anything. That's awesome, you know, but, but it was still kind of like, whoa, you know, like that was the thing that kind of surprised me most was that, I mean, I knew that people knew who I was, but I didn't realize to quite the extent that they knew who I was, you know, because like I said, at the end of the day, man, you know, uh, this podcast isn't as big as some of the, our contemporaries are, you know. And right. I, of course, I do think me being kind of like one of the, the, the head people of that metal station probably also helps. But but still, you know, it's just one of those things where it's it's. But I've always been that way. I've always been kind of. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, uh, Verno said in the last episode that he goes, "I know sometimes, Mike, you you seem to diminish your contributions or your." Um, the things that you do or what or diminish yourself. I mean, it's not so much. I diminish myself. It's just that I'm a humble guy, man. It's like, yeah, I'm, I know that I'm good at doing what I do. Don't get me wrong, but man, when you got, when, when you're, when you're standing on the shoulders of giants, like Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro and Dr. Fuck and, you know, Ian Wadley and Baco and those guys, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. You got you got Josh Toomey, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. And and I feel you because and, and, and the Podfather it, Kid Mill, Kid Mills, which by the way, he sent me a message last night checking up on me. Means the world to me, Podfather. Thank you. Nice, nice. But no, that's the whole thing. I mean, uh, I've I've been there three times now, and the first time, you know, a couple people knew who I was, but 
I hadn't been podcasting long. I was just this radio guy that came down as a fan. When Same came, as me, 2018. Yeah, when I came down to the, you know, the for the third one, I came down as a podcaster, and it's like people knew who I was, which is kind of cool. But even this time, you know, when you're walking around, you hear "Hey, Bushy," and you turn around, it's like I don't know that motherfucker at all. That's badass, right. you know. Right. Well, and it is. It's read. almost. Uh, it's almost validating, in yes. that you know you, you you know who knows you, and you know who responds on the Facebook page and all that. But when somebody's like hollering out, you know, by your podcasting name or radio name, it's like, oh shit! So you're the one. <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's yeah. very validating it's it, it's it's a great feeling and i'm glad people like what the hell we do oh yeah well it makes you realize oh wow people really are listening people are paying attention and they like what we do so you're right it, it is it's um it's validating it's uh it's uh it feels good you know it's like fuck yeah man that's 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 awesome you know and and then uh you know ralph was even like telling ian you're not allowed he told ian Ian, you're not allowed to bust this guy's chops or ever give him a hard time. Metal Mike rules. I mean, when I hear people, especially Dr. Fuck say shit like that, it's like, oh, well, you know, dude, I, I feel the same way about you, man. So, you know, uh, which, again, we've said this a hundred times without Ralph and Ian. For me, Scott Green, Bill Wayne, I wouldn't be doing all these things. And even guys like Chris and Aaron, I mean, they all inspire me. You know, the Podfather, uh, uh, Baco, Josh, Joshua Toomey, man. I think Josh, man. I don't know if anybody gives better interviews than Josh Toomey. That guy is amazing at what he yeah, does. Yeah, he's all over the place. And now he's doing Knotfest, so he's got two podcasts. Plus, I know. Knotfest, so good on Toomey, yeah. man. Good, yeah, good for him, man. Good for him. And, I actually you know, met his parents uh, down here at this rock a I guess they've oh, been really? there every time. They support the hell out of him. And I think that is badass because my dad That's thinks awesome. what I do is just waste my time. Yeah, well, my dad... He supports me in the fact that, you know, he thinks it's cool. He's not, he's never like, uh, I mean, he doesn't, yeah, he's not like, a, I mean, he ain't going to go to the Rocket Pod with me. That's never going to happen. But yeah, he is, yeah. he is proud of me. He's proud of what I do. He's proud of, he's proud of my accomplishments as a nurse, much less, you know, the, the, that metal station and, and doing this podcast with you. I mean, he thinks it's cool though. He thinks it's really cool, and my mom was a big, big supporter of what I was doing. Like, in fact, so much that when she got sick and I told her that I was stepping down, she thought I meant like for good, and she oh, got wow. really upset, started crying. I'm like, no, mom, I'm not quitting. I'm just taking a leave of absence to take care of you. I'm not right. gonna stop doing this, you know. So she was a huge supporter of of what I do, even though it was funny because sometimes she hate. I mean, she likes some hard rock and metal, but a lot of it she didn't and, and when i would play something like piss christ by by fear factory she'd be like is that necessary michael <laughs> <laughs> you know and i'd be like well mom you know you know you i see, mean I, but i would you know, like to think that uh my mom would be proud she was never around uh for me to dive into this part of life uh she wasn't right. around when i even started doing youtube videos and such she just knew that i had a strong passion for the music and uh I, I think she would be. I think she would be. So at least oh, she, I'm sure she would. You know, yeah. at least your mom got to see it, and I, I know you went yeah. through a rough time there, but uh, you know, we all do. It sucks. It sucks, um, man. But you know, I mean, hopefully, and I'm and I'm not somebody who really believes in an afterlife, but I'm hoping if there is, 
I hope she's proud of me, you know? I mean, if, you know? Sure. You know, uh, I mean, uh, let's get off the she inspires me. Because one of the things about it, like, one of the things I told myself was that I was going to make sure I travel and go to places and do things because she loved to travel. <laughs> Excuse me. Gun flu. Oh. And uh, she, she, uh, she it better not cut through this my... microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, my dad is kind of a homebody. He's, he's, he's not somebody who, so consequently, mom didn't get to travel as much as she would have liked, you know. And I'm not blaming gotcha. my father for it. It is what it is, you know. Right. But, but I swore to myself, you know what? Because I do like to travel and I do want to see things and I do want to experience things. So it's like, God damn it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, you know. I'm going to do these things. It may take me a while, but I'm going to do that. And that's what I've been doing. And one of those is, was like going to the Rockin' Pod, you know. Like the last time I went, I went by myself, dude. I drove myself, took a road trip, and I had a blast just taking the road trip by myself, you right. know. Now, this time around, it was even more fun because I had my cohorts with me, you know. Right. But, but yeah, man. And then, I, like I said, to me, the, the, the best thing was meeting you. You know, because no, I've never was... met you in person before, you know, right. we've known each other for five, six years now, but we hadn't, you know, ever met each other. So that was really cool. Yeah, we never had the face to face. Uh, this September I... 11th will be my uh, six year anniversary with the station. So, yeah, I just I've, celebrated I've been around my for a minute on May. It was right around, I think, May 5th. Somewhere around there was when I when I joined TMS. Nice. So nice. Now, all in all, it was a good time. I did have to, you know, crack a joke at Ian uh, when when he first <laughs> walked in because you know, he walked in and I was like, "Hey, I've been to this thing twice before and I've had a hottie on my arm. The first time it was a big titted hot blonde. The second time it was an Amazon fucking hot redhead." I said, "I'm single this time, buddy." Uh, Go grab the Vinnie Vincent dress. I'm coming on your face tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that, man. That was great. Oh, that hell was yeah. Great. What bothered me is that Ian didn't seem so bothered by it. And then, of course, he molested me while I was asleep. So, <laughs> Right. Who knew? And then later, oh, he molested me. Of course, I was drunk and went right along with it where he, with him wearing pigtails and shit. And I'm like, oh, that's probably where I got the fucking COVID from. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. I love you, Wyvilla. You, you got him from the pigtails. Not from Ian, from the pigtails. <laughs> All right, the next oh, interview yeah. we're going to talk about, uh, I, I think this was a fun one. I had an immediate rapport with this guy because I come to find out he's from a town 30 minutes away from my place of birth. And that is uh, Martin Motnick. Um, he's the uh, current bass player for Accept. I, I thought it was a great interview. And, um, I don't know why I wouldn't have thought he was German. For whatever reason, I guess I didn't know he was German. And Motnick, I'm sorry, that doesn't sound German to me. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, when you look at his musical journey, because you're talking about a guy who is from Germany, goes to Tennessee. He literally makes the move here to the States and eventually joins one of his, you know, uh, inspirations, you know, one of his, you know, he takes over for, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. The yeah. original, um, oh, God damn it. Yeah. I'm gonna draw a blank too. Cause <sighs> I've been drinking all afternoon and editing last week. Motherfucker. Yeah. But it's, it's funny enough that he, Peter Baltes. 
He took yeah. over for Peter Baltes. Uh, you know, he took his slot, man, and he was on that last album, which that album fucking kills, dude. That new, that latest album, man, Too Mean to Die, killer, killer stuff. But yeah, yeah I have, I have I mean, he, not picked up that album yet. I'm going to have to. He ends up, you know, kind of, and, and this is a guy who's, who's been in the Uli John Roth band. He's, he's done solo projects. I mean, Martin's had a, quite a musical history. And it was just interesting. Like he had to move to Tennessee to end up joining a band that he grew up admiring. You know, I think, I don't know. I just think that's really fucking cool. Yeah, it was, it was a cool story, you know, and, and like I said, he, uh, I was born in Frankfurt, Germany. A lot of people don't realize that, and uh, he's from a town, you know, just 30 minutes away and he knew the town that I lived in. You know, Giesen. So uh, all that's coming up in this interview. So here it is uh, from the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. All right, Martin once again, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. We're here with Martin Montnick. Okay, I had to make sure I said that right. Bass player for Accept. How are you doing today, sir? I'm very good. Thank you very much. We're so stoked you're here. Oh, you sound very German to me. I do or do not? You do? I do, yes. yes. I am actually from Germany. Whereabouts? Uh, about an hour south of Frankfurt, of a city called Ludwigshafen. It's okay. Not very, it's not very pretty. It's a very industrial city, but it's in, in the wine country of Germany. So, okay. Uh, it's it's if you leave the town and uh, it's pretty. Right. Well, I only asked. I was born in Frankfurt. Oh, oh there you go. So I was asking. We lived in Gießen. Gießen, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. What what's going on with you? What's going on in the music world with you these days? Well. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but we had a pandemic, and so uh, I was spending a lot of time at home. Um, we were uh, using the time last year to make a new album with Accept. We were supposed to be on the road, uh, play a bunch of festivals that fell through, and so we said, okay, let's be productive. Right. And uh, so we made a new album called Too Mean to Die, which came out in January this year. Right. Uh, oh, thank you so much. I was, I was a little bit nervous, of course, because it was my, my first album. And I uh, contributed that after Peter had left the band and left um, an amazing pair, amazing size pair of shoes behind that I had to fill. Yeah, for sure. Man. I mean, it's funny. I, I, that's what I think is kind of cool about your musical journey is here you're a guy who's from Germany, yes. accepts from Germany, and then you moved to Tennessee. I mean, he's champ, he was a newly John Ross band. This guy, Martin's been in a lot of bands, a lot of things. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. Just I, trying to stay busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you do that and then some. And I just think it's so cool that here he moves to Nashville, and that's how he ended up hooking up with Accept. I just think that's a really awesome story. Oh, it's a, it was like, almost like serendipity because I, I uh, wasn't really sure where I'm going to go. I moved to the States in 2008. So, I mean, the States were always like the, my, the land of my dreams. That's where the music came from that I grew up uh, listening to and um, couldn't really couldn't really get a grasp on, on being I mean, I mean I played in a few cool bands in Germany uh, but I was never really like getting getting the foot in the door of being um, how should I say this um, as successful and busy as I wanted to be right and so in 2008 I decided okay you know what let's just grab my bass and, and uh, suitcase had some money saved up from a job at the music store and go to LA and see what happens there and then just from there just things started now looking back I mean it was still a daily struggle during that time but right. now looking back it was amazing how fast things fell into place like the first band that I joined was um, in between when Chris Slade was not in ACDC 
I uh, used to play in a local band there. They had an ad up at the uh, Guitar Center in Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, so that's how I ended up jamming with Chris Slade and Jason Epps, who was in, in Peter Chris's solo band. And that was my first band oh, wow. in LA. Um, and then I was, uh, two months later, I was supposed to go back because my visa was expired. And then I get a phone call from a bass player friend of mine in Germany who says, Uli John Roth needs a bass player for his American tour. And I said, I'd love to do it. Uh, my visa is expired. I have to leave. And I knew I wanted to I wanted to eventually move to the States, but I wanted to do it the right way. Overstay visa uh, expiration dates and stuff. Right. And so they said, um, okay, we'll take care of that. So they got me an artist visa. Um, and I was able to stay in the country for a year. And then after that, got more jobs. Visa got extended, ended up getting a green card, and then eventually I was, I was, I was here to stay. That's awesome. That, that, that's that is awesome. a great story. I, I really enjoy that. What is it like to play with all these guys? Because we just listen. You know, that's what we do. We're the listeners. We're the well, fans. Yeah. Yeah. We're the fans, too. Well, that, well, that was kind of the thing. I mean, yeah. when you hear it, like, Uli John Roth needs a bass player. I mean, what, what do you even say to that? You know? Well, I kind of prepared myself for it. Like, I mean, it's my my development. I started playing bass when I was 13, uh, and so 20 years ago. <laughs> yes, yes, and definitely 20 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what what year is it? 1995. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish. Me too. Man. <laughs> uh, no, it's every time it has good things. So, um, so, and I kind of prepare. The thing was. I gradually grew, the bands grew that I played with, so I gradually grew into like bigger size concerts, bigger size venues, um, when the studio played on albums, and um, so I kind of grew with it, but yeah, Uli was definitely the, the biggest thing at that time, Right. but you just have to shake that off and just say, okay, this is not, uh, you're not a fan anymore, you are on eye level with these people, they, they hire you to do a job. Right. That's basically what it is. You apply for a job, you get the job, and then you have to do the job. You cannot, you cannot look at the CEO of your company like he's some. Um, I mean, you, you respect those people. Right. And, uh, and you try to learn from them. And you're like, okay, how did you get where you are? And then maybe be able to utilize that for your own career. Sure. And um, I mean, there's still moments where you on stage, and especially when you're like, you played the songs a few times and you don't have to think so hard anymore then you, your mind can start wandering a little bit and then you remember when you were a teenager and then you look to your to your right or your left right depending on where you're staying and you see the guy that you admired as a teenager right. playing the stuff and you're on the same stage and you're like I can't believe I'm doing this and then you have to that's for a second and then you have to shake it off and say hey you're here to do a job yeah, yeah. like if, if 13, 14 year old Martin yeah. knew what Martin knows now exactly like, well, yeah and, and I have that conversation like I have a really good friend who lives like an hour away from here. He was actually the reason why I came to Nashville. Come to Music City. Give that a try. And we talk about it sometimes because him and I were in the cover band 30 years ago. We played Bogs to the Wall in the 90s. See, that's one of those things I was curious about. I mean, growing up, were you an Accept fan? Um, I was definitely a fan. Uh, we were, um, my brother's uh, a bit older than me. He lives in Frankfurt still. Okay. He's a sound engineer. Nice. And um, 
he was definitely a big influence musically. And so um, I still remember having a Judas Priest that was like an iconic yellow Judas Priest two poster hanging out the bedroom with Accepted as the opening band. Oh wow! So it was definitely from my very beginnings. I was I was a fan. I knew the band, and, and it was like always like the Scorpions were always like the biggest bands in Germany. Yeah, and Accept was like number two. Right. right under, so it was like it didn't really make a difference. You know? Right. Because yeah, I do remember, you wouldn't hear a lot about the American bands over there unless they were on tour. But Scorps and Accept, everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Because I left Germany in 87. Yeah. And we finally came back to the States. Okay. So. I mean, it was just a really cool scene. Now, when you, when you got in with Accept, you were supposed to be touring and such. Obviously, the pandemic. How'd that writing process come about? I mean, are you guys pretty centralized or... Were you writing down licks and saying, hey, this is what I have, what do you have? I mean, how did that go? Uh, you, you sit at home, you produce demos, okay. you just submit, and um, then, I mean, Wolf, of course, he's, he's the, the ultimate decider. Right. Um, but um, he was very open about the process. He told me pretty much right away after I was a man for a few months. He said, hey, we need material for an album. Um, why don't you write something? I was like, cool, I'll try. Right. And um, so I went home and, and uh, delivered some uh, sketchups and demos. And I mean, these days it's so easy with laptops. And sure. And you basically have a whole band and a studio wherever you go. Right. And um, that's so, so what I did. I sat down, wrote some lyrics, wrote some, some uh, chords, wrote some riffs, wrote them down. And then, uh, I mean, it was. It wasn't like right away. It was not the first thing. Oh, this is great. It's like it's, a, it's still a process. Like right. I gave him some riffs, and like oh, that's that's a cool riff, but that's a riff. It's not a song. And I need songs. Like, I see what you mean. And, and so so he sit down and, and start writing lyrics and start writing songs and. Um, a few things make it, a few things get, get uh, 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 modified, yeah, and then a few things are like getting tossed. Right. Um, but I, I did, I was I'm very, very lucky and, and I have to say proud that I was, able, that I was invited and also able to contribute to the songwriting process of the new album. And um, so that, that's a big thing. Because in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm good enough to play the bass. Right. And, and now I have songwriting credits on, on an accept album. And that was like a moment where you're like, like when you're sitting by yourself, like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So you can always be a fan. Right. Well, had you written, had, had you written any before or was this like your first foray into writing music? No, no, no. I've, I've, I've definitely written music before. Okay. I have a solo album that I did with, with Breakfast Sinet years ago. I wrote most of the stuff there. I was just in the process of finishing another solo album. How did I miss that? I can give you one. Oh, stop it. I, I didn't even know that existed, and I've been following Greg for years. Yeah, oh, wow. Thank you. Who do you got, Brian? He's uh, got to be around later, I think. Uh, he is. We will. We definitely will. This, this is awesome. So you do solo, and you said you have a solo album coming out Yes, still? Um, so I, that's what I did with the, the rest of the pandemic. After we got with the accept all, I said, okay, I need to do something else. I, wrote, I had some material written, and so I said, okay, let me focus on that. And, and I really yes, like the 
concept of having world class drum tracks as a bass player. So I have Greg again, I have Christopher Williams playing some songs. I have a good friend of mine, Joe Babiak, as a drummer who played with Michael and Joe Matteo. Okay. And Wilfredo Reyes Jr., who played with, he plays with Chicago now. He's a good he's a friend of mine. He's okay. in Germany usually. He played with Santana. Oh, wow. And then each song also has a guest solo by somebody who I admire. So the album, that's why I came up with the, the, the album title, it's called Dream Chaser. Because that's basically what I was doing, I was chasing my dreams. Okay. Um, and I saw, so I got Joe, uh, Joe Satriani on the song, Wolf played a solo, played a solo. Uh, Jennifer Patton, Bruce Kulik, um, Derek Sherinian. Uh, so it, it's 10 songs, and each song has basically a, that a, a is really cool. Artist. That's really awesome. Thank you. So I the album's that done. Idea. That's awesome. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to start now. I'm going to have a, a crowdfunding campaign for the, the production process for vinyls. Because the album is done. Right. But now to get it out, it's what I'm going to do. And that's basically what, I, what I'm busy with right now. Oh, outstanding. So we don't have a real date for it, but... Uh, the date is supposed to be my birthday, which is November 10th. Outstanding. Outstanding. Okay. As far as you said, it was a proxy funding, so is there any, like, uh, oh, what's the word on it? Internet address or anything? Uh, it's definitely going to go out on my website, markmotnick.com, or okay. studiobasis.com is a website. And we're also, I'm going to, of course, like, just blow up the social media about it. It's not live yet, I'm still in the process, but I just started, I just, I basically just let the cat out of the bag. Okay. Who is on it. Right. Kind of like, make people curious, and now I'm gonna well, do that. Well, we're metalheads anyway, so you've got us, you know, our curiosity peak. Excellent. So we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Thank you. I'll accept, are we touring? So we have one show coming up in two weeks, so this is August 20th in St. Charles, Illinois, by Chicago, at the Arcadia Theater. Okay. A beautiful theater. We played there a couple years ago. I, I played there for the first time, except I played there many times. So I really, really looking forward to that. And then we have a tour supposed to start in January in Europe. Okay. So that's the plan. So, awesome. Really crossing my fingers that the whole pandemic is, is going to be done by then. Well, we all are. Right? We all are. So, I'm happy I'm, this happened. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So, I think this is, we're, we're looking in a good direction. Right. We're going there, that's for sure. Well, I've had a hell of a time talking. Is there anything you want to know? Um, no, not, I think he answered everything that I wanted to know, man. Mark, thank I you. want to thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I think I think that was a great uh, great interview. I don't have any except to play because, um, well, frankly, the music industry sucks, and we're not allowed to. But the cool thing is, is that Martin handed me off a uh, CD. It's a solo album of his with Greg Bissonette on drums. And um, you know what? I don't know what song I'm going to put in there. So uh, here, here's Martin solo. Let us know what you think about it. Plug podcast, Bushy and Metal Mike.
All right, cool stuff, cool stuff. You know that whole that whole interview process because we were pretty much back and forth on that. I think. Um, what, what did you think about Bart? I thought he was a super sweet guy. He was very oh. open, very giving. A very very cool guy, laid back. Uh, totally made me feel at ease because people have to remember something, man. I I haven't really had a whole lot of experience interviewing people. Um, I think I'm doing okay though. You know, I think I'm doing all right. But but you know. And, and when you get somebody who just, like you said, very um, forthcoming, and you know, because some people, I heard nightmares that some people are a nightmare to, I heard stories that some people are a nightmare, like getting them to answer any questions is like fucking pulling teeth, and Martin wasn't like that at all, man. No, no, that, I, mean, nobody, I mean, Don Jameson nobody. said that uh, Lemmy was his hardest interview because you'd get like a one-word answer out of the guy. Right, you know, and, and nobody, nobody was like that here at the no. Rocket. I mean, everybody was really cool. Everybody was fucking given and, and, and was really friendly. And it was just like a cool fucking vibe, man. So, yeah, I think I think it was a great interview. I don't know about the audio quality, but but if you folks can get past that, I think we got some good stuff there, man. I think so as well. Now, the uh, the last guest that we're going to speak with today is a. Uh, Boy, it was a childhood wet dream almost come to pass. No, it wasn't Pamela Anderson. Boy, wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome. But no, we spoke with uh, Mr. Ricky Rackman. And it's funny because I think I kind of took over this interview. Uh, I will I say... I let you. I, I let I, you, though. We'll see. I'm going to say this. I will say that earlier in the day, we had talked to Jack Gibson of Exodus. And while I'm an Exodus fan, I'm a casual fan. But Metal Mike, you're a you're a fucking Exodus, you know, you're an Exodus head. And I and I told the guy, I was like, look, I'm gonna let my cohort take care of it, man, because he's <laughs> been so excited to talk to you all day. I would just let him take it. <laughs> you know, and he seemed real cool with it. I let you guys do that interview. Yeah, and, yeah uh, totally. Which you know, I, I thank you for that, by the way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh because I knew he'd been with the band since ninety six, but if I was to try to decide which records he was on, I wouldn't be able to tell you because the only Exodus that I listen to regularly is the one that's got like Lowrider on it. Um. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lowrider. I think that was um, fabulous disaster. Uh, it was. Yeah. That's the Exodus that I listen to the most. So, while I'm a fan, I'm not a fan. I'm a casual fan, and, and I just knew you were a, a you know, you know, yeah, an <laughs> Exodus, you know, and. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of let you take that over. Now, now, when did he first show up? Cause I know it was like, what, 96? He showed up in, well, he joined the band in 96, but the first album he was actually in was another lesson in violence, which is a live album. And uh, that had Paul Bailoff, the original vocalist on there. And then he's been with them ever since, ever nice. since then he's been with them. And, uh, they're working on a new album. In fact, the album is done from what Jack said in the interview and you know, it will be coming out and I'm excited, but yeah, it was just really cool meeting the guy. Plus he gave me his CD of his, uh, his bluegrass, uh, well, mostly really outlaw country album. Oh yeah, he did. I, I meant to rip that from you while we were sitting side by side. I never did. Well, why don't we do this though? We'll, we'll, I'll send it to you or send a song to you. I'll rip it and then we can play it on this very podcast if you'd like instead oh. of an Exodus song. Now, are we, we're not doing Jack on this We're not episode. doing Jack. Let's do that on okay. the next, on, on the, on the episode gotcha. that we do the Jack Gibson. Uh, there interview. you go, man. 
awesome. Because awesome. I think we had a total of maybe 10 or so. We did the Don Jamison last time. Uh, we've done Steel City and Martin Motnick. Or, uh, yeah, Motnick. So far. Now, we're about to get into, and, and the whole reason was telling about, you know, handing it off to you for the Jack Gibson was because I really kind of took over on the uh, Ricky Rackman thing. But that, that was just a schoolboy's dream come true. And uh, we, we did discuss this in the interview, you know, where I wouldn't have found bands like Sepultura and Suicidal Tendencies and things of that nature without the Headbangers Ball. And interestingly enough, he never got to pick music for the ball. Or the Headbangers Ball, rather. The Ball, which was a show he did. I don't remember the app he tells you in this interview. That was all him. He picked all the music, all the bands, all the videos. Um, man, Ricky's just such a cool fucking cat. And I know people like Dr. fucking Wadzilla shit all over fucking Ricky Rackman. Fuck you guys. <laughs> oh, he's a poser. When, when Grunge came out, he cut his hair. Well, so did fucking their, uh, you know, uh, Metallica. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that Ricky said in this interview, and I'm going to, uh, I'm obviously going to forecast this a little bit, is he thinks like I do. He doesn't give a fuck who produced the album. He doesn't give a shit where the album was recorded, what studio. Do I like it? Does it rock? Does it rule? I love that shit. Now, Mike, I know obviously in this interview, you don't, <laughs> you'll talk a whole lot. And again, I apologize. But, uh, I mean, what was your take on Ricky while he was sitting there and we were talking? I thought he was a nice guy, man. Um, real laid back. Um, it's not that I, I don't, I'm not a Ricky Rackman lover, but I'm not a hater either. Um, I mean, I did mention, I think one of the things I said to him, one of the things I always remembered him saying, because people would give him grief even when that show was on the air, you know? Right. And you're like, hey, I don't pick them. I just play them. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, because you'll find out in the interview, he was allowed to pick one song out of all those episodes that Headbangers. He was there for, what, five years? Something like that. Something like that. He picked one song on one day, and he'll tell you what day that is. That really kind of surprised me, though, because I know he he liked some of the bands that he played, though. He might not have liked all of them, but I know he, I mean, I know he was a Pantera fan. Right. I know he liked Sepultura. I know he liked a lot of that really heavy stuff, you know. Right, um, and he liked a lot of the glam stuff, although he might not have wanted to play as much of the glam stuff that he played. But come on, one of the founding members of one of the maybe lesser-known glam bands that I think are fucking amazing, Tammy Down from fucking Faster Pussycat. They co-owned a fucking nightclub together. Well, wasn't that the um, what the Cat House, right? The Cat House, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go, yeah. I mean, well, ain't that how Ricky got his start? He was more of a nightclub guy. He Before was a he club guy. A BJ. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't. I mean, he knew these guys and he knew them and, and, and hunt around and party, but he he wasn't. It was Axl Rose that got him that gig, if I remember him saying in the interview, which I oh, did yeah. not know that until he said. I was like, oh, OK. So it was kind of cool just watching you do your thing with him and him, you know, because it was like I found out a lot of things about Ricky Rackman I didn't know about. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, that's one of the things I like about interviewing people because uh, I'm always thinking ahead and. While somebody's answering the question, while I am engaged and listening, I'm thinking about the next point I got to hit so you can mm. keep it moving. And there was so much I wanted to get in. And we were only scheduled 15 minutes at a time. Now, I'm reasonably sure that these guys would have accommodated us longer. But out of respect, 
I made sure to try to, you know, we, we made sure to try to keep it within that 15 minutes. Some of them went a little under, some of them went a little over, but for the most part, we stayed within that 15 minute time frame. But without further ado, this is uh, Bushy and Metal Mike interviewing Ricky Rackman, host of the Headbeggers Ball, the Ball Racing Rocks, and God, all the other projects he's involved with at the Nashville Rocket Pot Expo. Well, that's awesome. And you, so you know how it goes. I got to do a little intro. We're at a Nashville Rocket Pot Expo, and now I am stoked. Uh, my partner just got to blow his load. I'm about to blow mine. With him. Jack Gibson. Okay. Exodus, so he went nuts. Now it's my turn to go nuts. Hanging out with Ricky Ragman. You guys, you guys know him from the Headbangers Ball, the Ball, Racing Rocks. What the hell else do you do, and how are you doing? Uh, second question, I'm doing fine. I also work for the American Flat Track Racing Association, which is motorcycles. Um, I go to all the AM, the flat track races. Uh, I have an apparel line called Cat House Hollywood. Cat House Hollywood Podcast, the Triple R Podcast. I don't know what else I'm doing right now. Riding motorcycles really far, and whatever my girlfriend, fiance, tells me to do. Right. You were actually just not too far from me when you made your ride through Nashville and uh, uh, North Carolina. You weren't too far from me. Recently? Recently, recently yeah. Recently what, I rode from Coin, Illinois to Charlotte. Yeah. That was just a couple of weeks. I think it was just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Like I said, I follow you on Twitter and such. Um, I also saw you say this, but I'm going to say it, damn it. You were such a big part of my childhood, my my, my late teen years, because our local radio station didn't play a lot of the metal that you, that you know the ball got to play. The ball now the ball or the headbangers the, the headbangers ball. ball. Okay, because I did a show for a short time called the ball. Called the ball, yeah. It was my own show that I'm very proud of. That I think it was great, and I was proud of headbangers ball, but I just think it was it was very different. Right, and and I and I know that maybe. You know, the powers that be picked all the music. But you introduced me, some guy that was only listening to Poison and Bon Jovi, because that's all that was on the radio, to Sepultura, to Danzig, you know, things of that nature. So thank you, you know, from the little kid in me. I'd really love to hear some of these old cat house stories, though. I mean, I I was just watching Decline of Western Civilization the other day, and I was like, fuck, I forgot Ricky was even in that. And then I've got this book, and I see you're in here, too, and I'm like, dude, you're like, all over the place. What was it like that LA scene back in the eighties? I don't remember it. I don't remember anything. It was um <laughs> however crazy and sleazy and magical and debaucherous and dangerous and everything you've heard that it was, it was worse. In the best way. Right. It was incredible. But it we, we didn't realize back then what we were going through. We didn't realize that we were going through this magical time as all our friends are getting record deals and selling millions of records this was just what we knew you know right. like you know when all of a sudden i'm sitting here and i'm like hey uh, so they just played welcome to the jungle at a sporting event you know right and that was weird to us but wow. it, it was incredible i'm very lucky to have been part of such an incredible time that's that's great now i missed the uh the MTV thing you were doing with Mark Goodman and Matt Pinfield. I was busy in here. So I'm just curious, how did, how did all that come about? Because my understanding is you were a club owner. You were just trying to hang out I owned the, the cat house. I mean, I was yeah. the guy that owned the cat house. Right. And, you know, Axel Rose was the one that called up MTV and 
helped set up my audition, and then he went to New York with me when I auditioned. So he helped get my name in there. Outstanding. So it was pretty cool. And, I mean, how do you even approach that? Look, we want to do a show. I know you have Yo! MTV raps, and everything else is about the pop scene. We want to represent the metal scene. How the hell does that even come about? The Headbangers Ball was already on. The Headbangers Adam Ball Curry had been on. Well, there, there, was, there was Adam Curry was on it, and then every, every other... V- I mean, there were so many other hosts of Headbangers Ball. Howard Stern even hosted Headbangers Ball before I did. There were so many people that hosted it, and then, you know, when they got me, they got a permanent host. Right. Oh, yeah, because you're the face of the ball. Uh, I got to admit, I didn't have cable for a long time. We lived so far out in the sticks, cable didn't come out until, like, the late 80s, early 90s, you know? But that was my Saturday nights. Now... With the, uh, with the ball, you said that was your own show, and I forget what app that was. Gimme Metal. Gimme Metal. So I was able to watch one episode because of the hours I work. And it's like, dude, this is what it should have been all along. Absolutely. You know, well, let me tell you something. Headbangers Ball, even though I'm proud to be the host and I love that show, there were things that I was like, ah, that was okay. God, why did we do that? As far as the ball goes, if you don't like the ball, okay, then you don't like it. I stand behind that show 100%. I love that show so much. And I put so much work into it. And I picked every single video. I picked and booked all the interviews. I edited all the interviews. I would do little goofy segments in between the music videos. And I think it was exactly what that show should be. And meanwhile, you know, while I'm turning, you know, a 50-year-old into Spirit Box, I'm also turning a 18-year-old on Satyricon or whatever. Right. I mean, right. I'm playing everything. Badass. Any plans to do anything like that in the future? Yeah, but I mean, I'll probably do another ball with Gimme Metal, but only one more. Because, you know, I mean, it's not all about money for me, but it's, you know, it's a lot of hours for no reward whatsoever, except that people dug it. And that's why I did it. Right. Know? That's why I wanted to make sure that this show is good, because I ain't getting paid for this. I'm doing this because there needs to be a really good, heavy music show. Right. And, and I gave that to him with the ball. Yeah, like I said, I got to catch one episode. I love doing that it, show. It was, it was so, so much fun. So much fun. And it was good to see heavy music. And then stuff that's not, you know, your mainstream heavy music. Oh, uh, without a doubt. I mean, no. you know, we played, and we played some bands that maybe I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I know they belonged on the ball. Right. So even though, you know, I might not be a fan of this, uh, the guy from Striper did a song with Tracy Guns, Spirit Sunbomb or something. Yeah. And I heard it, and it was really good. Oh, yeah. So I put that on, right followed by the latest from Cannibal Corpse. Right followed by the latest from who knows what, you know? You know, whether it was Alien Weaponry or, you know, Power Trip or Megadeth and Exodus and right. everything. I just, I love the show. It's absolutely great. Now, I don't want your answer, so to speak, because I know you're going to answer this down the road. Something's going on where you and Dave Mustaine are going to answer the drama, you know, you guys hate each other back in the day. When is that coming up? I don't want the answer. I want to be surprised to get the story myself. Which do you want the answer to? When is that coming? When, when, soon. Soon? I already recorded it. You recorded it? And, yeah. and what's it coming out on? Probably the Cat Outside of the Podcast. Okay. Um, this, you don't want me to answer? Can I answer it? You can answer whatever you, told you want. You me twice not to answer it. <laughs> I want to answer it, damn it. I want to know, too, because it's the killing okay. me. Because everybody thinks you hate each other. Well, that'll answer that question. 
it also we don't talk about David Ellison at all. Right. And we talk a lot about Dave battling cancer. Right. It's actually that's the conversation. It's mostly about the headbangers ball and the so-called feud. And we talk a lot about Dave and cancer. Oh, okay. And, uh, so that's going to be actually a great interview now. Yeah, I already recorded it. Yeah. So I, I know, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he's I like, think it is. You know, I mean, we don't. I don't know who produced what album, and I don't care about your engineering, and I don't care about this stuff. I like, like me, like we're just sitting here just talking right now. Right. That's what I like to do with artists. And when it came to Dave, I wanted to clear up everything about the rivalry, and he said some things that were like very nice and flattering, but I didn't think were the answers I was going to get. Oh wow. And uh, he talks a lot about cancer. Right. Which, you know, let's talk about that on Dave Mustaine, you know? Yeah, that's that's insane. And I like Megadeth, so it was, it was a joy for me. Well, they're my favorite of the thrash bands anyway. <laughs> yeah, always have been. See, what, what happened with the Racing Rocks thing? I mean, are you... Nothing. Are, we're still doing it. We're still doing that. Okay. We're about to get our 20th year. 20th year. It's on radio stations, different radio stations all over America. And the truth is... Radio is a weird three have a radio job for twenty years is pretty amazing. So the radio business is so weird because you know, I might be on this weekend and then next weekend that station might be Spanish. Right. So you know, I've still got the show, which, oh, okay. is, which is great. But you know, I'm always looking I do a lot of stuff. Right. But I love, you know, you know, everybody's like, why well, now you're talking about racing? I'm like, because I like racing and rock and roll. What's, why is that so weird to you? you yeah, know? you've been talking I'm about I'm talking about so racing long. and rock and roll. Then maybe I'll talk about wrestling. Maybe I'll talk about who makes the greatest biscuits. Right. Maybe I'll talk about riding motorcycles cross country. I talk about stuff that I like to talk about. Why is that so bizarre? When, in fact, all of those make sense in rock and roll. Sure I mean, they do. You know? So, so what's the future of Ricky? What, what's going no. on down the line? That I'm not going to answer because I don't know the answer. <laughs> I hope it's something where I get to one day retire. For sure. But um, there'll be a lot more writing, uh, more Cat House Hollywood podcast, the Triple R podcast, which I always did with Leah. will probably change its name and it'll be more of a thing with her and I. And, uh, you know, I'd like to return to TV. I'm not going to lie. I'd really like to. But... I don't know. Right. You know, what I won't be is, I won't be the, even though I'm the guy from Headbangers Ball, I won't be that guy just always being that guy from 1990. Right. You know? Sure. And some people think that if you change, you're trying to um, be relevant, or, but if you stay the same, you're just trying to relive what... I just you do can't win. You can't win, my no, friend. There's just people really that are just going to be negative and just be fucking you know, Did you get blood and blood out signed? Yes. He was my bass tech when I played music last night. That's great. What a nice, I can't wait to see. That's a band that I can't wait to see that tour. Oh, as a fan. I go to that tour as a fan. Well, that's the one thing, like, earlier you were talking about, like, with with the ball, obviously, it's your baby, you have a lot more control over it. Zetro was on the show. 
Yeah, that, which I love that trope. So do I. Um, the, the thing is that I thought was interesting is I remember back in the day, at least I, my brother and I would watch it, you know, on every phone. We would sense there was some frustration on your part because you would literally, like, you'd answer fan letters or whatever sometimes and you'd be like, hey, guys, you know, I could just tell you one that you drop the F box. You'd be like, I don't pick a always. I just you have no idea. You have no idea. He said some of them I do pick, but some of them I don't. No, I don't pick any of them. You didn't pick I never picked one. On my birthday, I got to pick one video. Wow. In five years, I picked one video. So, you know, obviously, it's Well, that's what I figure. I figure it's like some of the turrets and some heavier bands, maybe. The ball I picked every every video. Right. Nice. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's your baby. Yeah, but and people, you know, people felt like, oh, well, how can you be at an Exodus show when you're playing Faster Pussycat? Oh, well, how, why are you at a Faster Pussycat show? But then you're wearing a Slayer shirt. It's like, because I like both of those bands a real lot. Oh, why are you at a Lamb of God show? Are you trying to be. Well, no. Mark Martin's one of my best friends. I like Lamb of God. You know, it's like, it's like people I listen to all the time to music. You know, I really, really do. I shouldn't have to fucking justify myself. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, I like, I like rock and metal across the board. It doesn't matter the genre. Right. And if other people like something I know, hey, go with God. I don't care. At least you like music. Exactly. And keep I'm it alive. Judge somebody just because they like a band I don't like. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Ricky. Thank you so much. Man. Thank you. I had a really good time. I've been guys. looking forward to meeting you. Good. I hope I didn't let you down. Not at all. Big part of my childhood. Um, we'll go ahead and close this, and then if I could just make one small request. Yeah. See, I think there was there was a lot of great information there. Of course, he alluded to the Guns of Roses thing, and. Uh, what, I can't remember if it was in the interview or not, but I was apologizing for the sound setup, you know. And he's like, dude, all these people with all these mics and soundboards. He's like, when I do my podcast, dude, it's just as basic as this. So he really put me at ease real quick. He did. He did. That put me at ease. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, cool, man. You know, like, yeah, he was like, it's all, I'm all about low tech or something is what he said, I think, in the interview, if I remember right. And, or maybe he said his podcast was all about low tech but right. it was interesting it was interesting and, and like i said the thing i thought was really cool you know is is when he went you could just tell like the ball was a passion project for him and the fact Absolutely. that it was very much his baby like he had total control over it you know and i think that must have been really cool for him because i think with even though he, I think, loved doing the the uh, Headbangers Ball gig, I, I'm sure it did get frustrating because I, I don't even think he really mind playing some of the glam bands. The one thing I remember people complaining about with some of the glam bands being played on Headbangers Balls, well, you guys play these guys all the time anyway, so why aren't you making room for some of the other um, more obscure or lesser known subgenres or 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 bands? That's the Excuse me. <clears throat> That's the fucking complaint I seem to remember. Right. It wasn't so much that he was playing glam. It was like, because it was true, dude. A lot of those bands were getting played on fucking the, uh, what was that daily countdown show they had where they would play, you know, like the top 10. And a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it was glam metal, man. It was, right. you know. Yeah, like, it was ruling MTV. It was ruling the radio. And uh, it, it is funny. You know, because I've had people come into the chat room at that metal station when I'm doing my show and they'll bitch, well, this is FM shit. And it's like, you're missing the joke. 
the whole reason I do the show I'm doing is because that's the radio I loved. I loved Top 40 and the late 80s, early 90s. Because, yes, while you would hear, you know, four or five pop songs, you would also hear a rap song, and then you would hear, like, three or four fucking metal songs. The metal of the day, I mean, yes, was it most likely, you know, Close My Eyes Forever by Ozzy and fucking Lita? Yeah, it may have been. Yeah, hey, I don't give a fuck. I love that song, man. Well, but, well, me too. But the point was that you were still getting metal on the radio. Now you have to go to a fucking genre-specific station. And I think what gets people confused is they come to that metal station and they're like, well, why the fuck am I hearing Belinda Carlisle? Well, because I like it, bitch. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, there's, I mean, look, I love our name, but sometimes I'm not going to lie. Like when, when, when our founder, Scott Green, decided to walk away and he handed over the reins to me and John, sometimes I wish we just would have told Scott, you know what, dude? Why don't you go ahead and retire this name? We're going to go on, but we're going to change the name of the station and use a name to where it isn't so specifically tied with metal. Right. Because we've allowed a lot of the DJs, not everybody. I mean, yeah, everybody plays like, okay, Brian Davis, perfect example. He plays a lot of blues based hard rock and metal, but he'll play blues. Uh, We had Dale Chaotic today. He was all over the place, man. The guy was playing like fucking. Mashuga and then turn right around and play fucking Duran Duran. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's so alright. Awesome. Yeah, you know. I am so proud of Chaos. But you know what's <laughs> funny? He was but, he was he was listening to my show one day and he's in the chat room and he said, "Holy fuck! So the raids are off? Huh? I don't have to stick to this kind of format. That's awesome." But right, people have to uh, understand. But, I take full advantage. <laughs> Right. Oh, he does. He does, folks. And I want to throw something out there. Uh, you know who doesn't ever get anybody to complain about the shit he plays on his show? Who's that? This guy. This guy right here. Because everything I play is awesome. Well, well, me too. It's just you get all the metal heads, and then I'll get that random metal head that knows well, nothing about my show and gets pissy. Well, that's true. But, but I shouldn't say that, because sometimes the things me and Bill do pick to play, because, you know, even... Though most of my show is almost all hard rock and, 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 and metal, and it is a lot of different styles or subgenres of metal, uh, I get some shit. Like, uh, I remember one time I uh, I played Alice in Chains, and I played Rage Against the Machine, and it was songs that me and Bill picked out, and there was a few people that, boy, they get triggered when you play Rage. My God, you know? And I'm just like, okay, we get it. You don't like it, but it's like... Uh, you know, give me a fucking break here. Uh, There's a I lot play... of people that do. Yeah, I, I know, dude, but you, you got to understand, some of them old school guys, too, man. Those, like, I love thrash metal. Okay, love it. It's one of my all-time favorite subgenres, as you know. But right. there's some of those guys, they, they love my show because I do play thrash, but they'll get pissy when I play Rage Against the Machine. Well, hey, motherfuckers, I like that, too. It's like... You know, I, I'm not just one style of rock or metal, and I'm not just, like, I don't know. Sometimes metal heads can be kind of close. Not all of them, but there's some of them where it's like, well, this is metal, and that's not, and this is this, and this is that. And and I'm just like, uh, hey. Those, those elitist know, fucks. Uh, I'm going to fucking, you know, and if you can't handle one fucking song, 
when when most of the shit I play is heavy, heavy stuff, then go fuck yourself, kind of. You know, I don't mean to be a dick, but, but you know, like even Sarah, man, she'll kind of complain if I play Alice in Chains or if I play, like, it's weird with her, though, because sometimes she loves what I play. And then other times I'll play something and she'll be like, oh, this is boring or does nothing for me. And I'm like, well, you know, hey, I love you, Sarah, but it's my show. You yeah. have your show. You can play whatever the fuck you want. You know, he, you know, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, Sarah's probably going to listen to it. that motherfucker. No, I love right. you, Sarah. <laughs> I love you. You know that. But but it's just something I've noticed sometimes is, you know, you're not always going to. But I'm also like, okay, well, at least try to endure this song because this next song is something that you are going to like. You well, know? you just got to understand, if you can please some of the people all the time, all the people some of the time, but never all the people all of the time, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like what I'm doing my show. I, I literally no fucks given. I'm playing what I want to hear. That's why when I take requests, I don't take music out because right. I obviously wanted to hear that. I just slip them right in, you know, so mm-hmm. I do six song blocks. Well, that's what I do. Sometimes I do, I do I'll get 10 hours. or 12 in. Hey, I, I do a six-hour show, so sometimes my blocks are pretty long. But on the flip side of that, when me and Bill get on the mic, we're on the mic for sometimes a good 15, maybe even 20 minutes. Yes. You know, doing our routine, our, our, our shtick or whatever. So, you know, there's that. And then, like, when I did my show the other night, uh, Friday, I'll go off on a metal mic, metal mic meltdown like I did with the whole Ozzy and Bob Daisley thing, which really was kind of a mini meltdown. It wasn't a full-blown meltdown. <laughs> but... But my point that I'm trying to make is like, yeah, it, it's like I try to make each and every show entertaining and I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I like, like I try to encourage, and another thing, I try to encourage my DJs because all, all the DJs here, they all bring something different. Like today we had Mike Neely. He's into a lot of progressive rock and metal and degent. Some of it I dig, some of it I can't stand, but that's okay, you know, because He's filling a niche. And then, you know, you got uh, guys that are just death metal dudes, and, and they'll do a show here. Hey, that's great. You know, like, I want every DJ here, well, at TMS, I should say, not here because we're on the plug right now. I right. want them to to be different. I don't want everybody to be just the same. I think that would get really boring for the listeners. Oh, sure. Quick. You know, so oh, there yeah. you go. Well, yeah, there you go, and that's our TMS speech. Uh, back to Ricky. <laughs> I found him very engaging. Uh, I'm glad you learned some things about him. That's awesome. Um, I, I didn't get a picture with him right away, which irked me, but I did get him to sign my book. Now, he didn't write this book, but this is uh, Nothing But a Good Time, The Uncensored History of the 80s Hard Rock Explosion. And there's a chapter where he's highly featured. He was interviewed for the book. And uh, I got him to sign that chapter for me, you know, the first page of that chapter, which was pretty cool. And then later on, I was just irritated that I hadn't got a picture. I'm still irritated about the Jameson, not getting a picture with him. Yeah, no, we fucked up there, dude. But Ricky, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I watched Leo walk away. They were they were packing up and I walked over to his table. He was still there. And I said, hey, Ricky, because he was our last interview of the day. I said, hey, Ricky, man, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I know you're busy, but I forgot to ask you for a picture. Would it be cool? Can I get a picture with you real quick? He's like, yeah, man, absolutely, you know, and hordes up, and, you know, we got the picture. So it was great. It was all around a good time, man. Uh, like I said, I can't say enough good things about the Rock and Pod. The, my only complaint was I was hot as fuck in that room, and that's really the only complaint I have. I was hot and it was right. loud in there. 
but that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it was a different layout that I've been accustomed to. It was just right, hot. and I'm a, I'm a pussy when it gets that hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate the heat, man. I mean, I I remember years ago when I was a little ki- young kid, I was mowing the yard and I overdid it. I ended up having a heat stroke or heat sickness, dude. Oh, wow. And ever since then, I've been susceptible to the heat. Like if it gets really hot, I start feeling nauseated and I don't feel good at all. And there was a couple times where I had to step out of that room, man. I'm like, man. I know I got a fucking interview coming up here, but I got to fucking get some air, you oh, know? Yeah. So, yeah, really, that was my only complaint. Other than that, you know, I thought the, the it was great, man. I mean, yeah. and, and again, Chris Sinzak, if you're listening, thank you for everything you do for your fellow podcasters and even the internet radio people, because I know that, that they're invited and they're involved, too. Right. So, uh, there, yeah. He's not, he's not listening. He's got more important stuff to listen to. <laughs> Well, even when, he does, even when he does, like if he ever does come on this show. Oh, there is something interesting, though. You know, we do have a few other people lined up that want to come on. Dr. Fuck is anxious to be on the plug. And the podfather himself. I had to hit him up. I'm like, dude, you have to come on sometime. And he said he'd be more than happy to. So we'll have to That's figure awesome. out something cool to talk about. Which, I mean, podfather's told me he wants me to show up on one of his shows. We're just trying to figure out, you know what one i i mean i'd probably feel more comfortable doing kiss but i could do the pop culture one because podfather i know a lot about comics and geeky and dorky shit in fact right me and bushy both do so and we could totally talk to ken about that it doesn't have to be kiss related it could be pop culture stuff because i know he does he literally does a podcast about that shit so oh yeah yeah, you know, so yeah, it, anyway. speaking of up and comers, um, I reached out to a few people today. I did reach out to Brian Powell, I haven't heard back, a bass player for Resistant Bite. I also reached out to Penfield, uh, Matt Penfield. I'm still waiting to hear back on him, but I want to schedule that a couple weeks out anyway. I reached out to Abby K. Abby K actually did get back to me. Um, their new single drops september 10th the band will be in town she wants to schedule around then okay uh so we're going to try to make that work um it would either have to be late and i, I told her i said look i work monday to friday the 10th is a friday i said i work monday to friday i don't get off till midnight um you know and uh so i i said it could be 1 30 a.m saturday morning or sometime you know that saturday afternoon and uh We'll just try to schedule. We'll have to work on the scheduling, you know, for the next couple of months or we'll know, next month, I guess it is. And for sure. And we need to reach out to Native Sons if our interview is tampered or not right. I yeah. definitely would love to interview them, man. They were really cool guys, and I want to help push them as best we can. Yeah, and they were definitely a good interview. I want to maybe work up the courage to... Ask a few other people for interviews, like Trevor William Church of Haunt and Beastmaker and Kirk Winstein of Crowbar and a few other people. All you have to do is just ask, dude. I mean, the worst yeah. they can say is no. Yeah. You know, or they'll say, look, you've got to speak to management or something, and then just find out how to, you know, get a hold of them. Oh, I know, I know. I, I you know. I, I, in fact, so, I, just so, had my, I just had my inner Arnold go, don't be such a pussy. So, well, exactly. Don't be scared. I mean, like I said, just ask. You know, so, but anyway, man, uh, yeah, sum up, man, this, this has been fucking fun, dude. I mean, I, I might have the cunt flu, but fuck it. I'm not letting it bother me. Oh, I'm yeah, you're being a fun. champ. You're being a champ. Yeah, I, I, you know, we hope you guys enjoyed those interviews. Uh, that's three of them, so you've heard four now. Uh, we do have more to bring you in the coming weeks. Um, as we're recording this, this will probably come out in a week. 
you know, so through the coming weeks, we're going to go ahead and get some more content out to you. And then we're going to try to switch back into a bi-weekly format since we yes. found a way around the uh, issues that he's having here. And not only that, with the bi-weekly thing, it works for me because normally I'm all, I work every other weekend and I work nights. I work from 6 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. So it's really hard for me. I have to have my sleep sure. you know, during the day. So Bushy was like, well, hey, dude, why don't we just do a bi-weekly and I'm like, you know what? I think that would fit us, you know, because the thing I've noticed, and you know, I've been listening to quite a few other uh, podcasts. There's one that's really cool called uh, "In the Void," uh, a Black Sabbath podcast, and they're just monthly. But nice. by God, boom, they're consent. And to me, it's like I think two week, every two weeks is good enough, at least for now. I mean, look, we could do weekly; that'd be great. Maybe down the line we can, but I think every two weeks is good enough, man. I think you know, as long as we're consistent, man. And it's you and me. We fucking rule. So, you know, who wouldn't yeah, want yeah. to <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to keep reaching, uh, reaching out because I think that Mike Dawson would be a fun interview because we had such a good time together. Oh, yeah. He was a you know? dude. He, that guy was a riot, man. I wonder what was up to because he just walk up. He just like, like he's pulling something out of his pocket. He just flip you off. And I'm like, yeah, oh, this... <laughs> this guy, man, like, you know, he was a little different, but I got a kick out of it, man. Yeah, well, he was cool. You, you have to understand that's by Sunday. So we'd already like we latched on to each other for whatever reason, Friday evening, all day Saturday, we were bullshitting when I wasn't busy recording, you know, it, it, that's the thing with him. Like, clicked. I, he, he was really cool to me. Don't get me wrong, but he really took a liking to you. Like, I think you guys were kind of man-crushing on each other. I'm just going to throw it out there, man. You well, know? he liked my beard. I liked his mustache. It worked. Right, right, right. <laughs> he kind of has that really cool 70s porn stash, man. Yes, yes. You know, so. no, he, he was definitely a cool cat. And, uh, Very yeah, so cool maybe, maybe I'll reach out to him because um, I don't know what was going on with him. I know he works with Izzy Presley and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Metal Mike, do you have anything to promote? I'm not really prepared to promote anything other than the bands, uh, Steeler and, you know, Abby Kay, things like that. Martin Mike. Uh, well, obviously all our interviews and everything. I want to promote the station, of course. Make sure you guys check out thatmetalstation.com. Check out all our amazing uh, DJs, including people like Bushy. Buy some <laughs> merch. Buy some, please buy some merch. I mean, it, it helps us, and you guys get some kick-ass swag out of it. Everybody wins, man. Yeah. And uh, I think the one thing that I'm going to plug is uh, something that probably you wouldn't really care for, but I'm a big obituary fan. They're one of my favorite death metal bands. Okay. And uh, one of the members, Terry Butler, um, has formed another band called... Um, Let's see here. In human condition is what they're called. And uh, they're really, really cool, man. They, they put out this, like, album. Uh, and uh, I, I ended up getting it and got some swag. He even wrote me a letter. Michael, thanks for su the support. This is only the beginning. Cheers, Terry. Um, the, the, the name of the album is called Rat God. And uh, they're fucking bad i mean just killer fucking riffs if you can get past the vocals the vocals are abrasive i'm not gonna lie i mean it's fucking death metal but it's not like a bit even if you listen to obituary their vocals are it's a growl but it's not a fucking uh cookie monster growl gotcha. Gotcha. You, you know you know what i mean and yeah. uh uh yeah, they're they're pretty fucking cool, man. You know, there's like uh, Terry, he's the bass player. 
had been in death, is in um, uh, obituary. So, you know, you, you got him, Terry Butler. You got Taylor Nordberg, who's a guitarist. And uh, he's been in, like, a shit ton of bands. And so is uh, Jeremy Clean. So really, really cool band. If you get a chance to check them out, man. Uh, yeah, uh, the other band um, was Massacre, if you ever heard of them. And those guys, Terry Taylor Nordberg and Jeremy Keen are both, or Clean, are both from that band. And then Terry Butler from Obituary. Uh, really, really cool stuff. They're good friends with my uh, podcasting, or not my, my co- the co-owner of that metal station, who we've had on this podcast before, Duckets. And uh, we definitely need to do a debauchery with Duckets Part 2 sometime here in the future. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, really, really cool stuff. So that's my uh, plug of the week, if you will. All right, outstanding. I don't really have a plug for anything. I just want you guys to keep listening, check out the interviews, and uh, stay tuned for more. That, for sure. And another thing I have is everybody out there, stay safe. Try to avoid the cut flu if you can. And if you can't, hopefully you got the vaccination so you won't get too sick. And, uh, you know, just keep fighting the good fight and stay metal, motherfuckers. And we all know what Bushy's going to say, so you may as well say it, bro. Oh, hell yeah. Motherfuckers by vinyl. And we'll see you next time. Deuces. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck? Is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week. <laughs>